raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with your hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Here we focus on helping men and those with men in their lives solve some of life's complex challenges through understanding the practices of mindfulness and how they can help. Each episode is in an environment free of judgment and criticism with a focus on authenticity and inner peace. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back to the show. Listen up. If the heart is not connected to the soul and feels no union to source of being, then there is no unity consciousness in the heart and there cannot be unity consciousness in the mind. The heart then feels separated or disconnected or alone. And then the mind can only operate from its natural dominance of separation, which can swiftly lead to individualism and selfishness. Stated differently, without heart consciousness or activation of the heart level, the mind can only operate from the perspective of separation. That's a quote from my friend and author, Dan St. Pierre, of, uh, and the book is All uh, One, the, Una- the United Anatomy of Consciousness. And we welcome you all back to Men Talking Mindfulness. I'm Will Schneider, joined by my brilliant co-host over there in Colorado Springs, John McCaskill. You know, today we're going to break down heartfulness, demystify it, and learn how it can help us and help you have a happier and more successful life at home and at work. You know, hey, if you're one of those guys out there that are already thinking, oh my God, we're going to talk about (laughs) feelings, right? Then I challenge you to keep listening. We will not waste your time. There's a lot to learn here, and some of this knowledge can change the course of your life and your relationships. But John, uh, it's great to be back, have another episode. I'm excited to bring my friend Dan St. Pierre on in a moment. But how are you? And I think you have some announcements for us, yeah? Yeah, man, I'm doing well. Uh, excited to have this conversation. And, you know, if you talked to me about six or seven years ago and said that I'd be having a conversation on a show called Men Talking Mindfulness about a topic called heartfulness, I would have said uh, you're you're smoking something. Uh, but here we are. So, so I'm excited to get in this conversation. And for those who are wondering what it's going to be about, yes, hey, stay stay with us. Stay with us. Bear with us. You're going to learn something here, and it's important stuff that's going to change your life. Uh, so we're happy that you're here with us. As far as the announcements, yeah, we've got the retreat coming up. We've got the Movement RX and my, uh, Men Talking Mindfulness, Mindfulness Adventure Retreat. And it's just over a month out. So September 16th through the 19th, we're going to be in Durango, Colorado, at the Colorado Trails. And retreat have this, uh, but also have a follow-on virtual integration program. And all of it together is uh, $2,499, um, $2,499. And if you are part of an organization or a group that books four or more, um, then you get $500 off per person. So we'd love to have you join us uh, there in Durango at the Colorado Trails Ranch. And to learn more, head to mentalkingmindfulness.com forward slash retreat. Or you can listen to one of our recent episodes where we actually interviewed Teresa and we had a big conversation about what the retreat is going to include. So um, we're definitely excited to have that retreat going on and excited for you to join us. Uh, that all said, let's, uh, let's introduce our guest. I'm going to bring Dan up now. There he is. Awesome. Well, there he is. Hey, Dan, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good, good. I'm feeling wonderful. Happy to be here. 
Yeah, uh, likewise, man. I'm glad you're here. Uh, so here's, this is what Dan is up to. Here's his little bio. Uh, Dan is a co-founder and CEO of Hyperlight Mountain Gear, which is the leader in ultralight backcountry gear. Under the design philosophy of essentialism, Hyperlight manufactures and sells backpacks, tents, and accessories that are used from the Appalachian Trail to Mount Everest and about anywhere in between. But Dan was not always this in this industry. He graduated from Penn's Wharton School of Business and spent his 20s working in corporate finance in New York City and in Boston, slowly disheartened by a corporate existence and hearing the faint calling for adventure. Dan then spent his 30s working seasonally as a waiter, traveling, studying spirituality and writing. He spent over a year in India practicing yoga, meditation and heartfulness and has written a few million words in the pursuit of spiritual understanding and expanded consciousness. And then he then spent his 40s starting and building both Hyperlight Mountain Gear and a family while continuing to refine his spiritual practice and understanding. He recently finished a book uh, that I just mentioned earlier, All One, The United Anatomy of Being, which for full disclosure is not yet, not yet published, but it will be done. And uh, on a personal note, like Dan and I uh, have known each other, I think probably since we're 13, 14, 15, um, you know, we kind of went through high school together and became really like excellent, wonderful friends. Uh, probably as soon as you kind of, we took our pads to as seekers, Dan, <laughs> all of a sudden we started talking about light and consciousness and meditation and all the woo-woo stuff that in originally <laughs> turned John off. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and now John is hooked. Hooked. So, <laughs> so well, hey, uh, welcome everybody. Hey, Dan. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's really important work. And um, yeah, again, happy and very grateful to be joining you. Thanks, Dan. Well, Thanks. cool. Uh, yeah, go, go, John. You have something to say? Yeah. So, yeah, well, let's, uh, let's, if you've never listened to our show, never watched our show before, and you're here for the first time, we, we bookend the kind of meat and potatoes of the show with a practice, a grounding practice uh, on the front end and a grounding practice at the back end. Um, so I'm going to kick it off with this grounding practice for today. So for that, go ahead and get into a position that's comfortable for you. I like to sit up straight in my chair and I put my hands on my lap and then kind of straighten my back, but not stiff. And then I personally like to close my eyes, but if closing your eyes is not comfortable for you, or if you're in a situation where it's not safe for you to close your eyes, just go ahead and soften your gaze. Let's bring our attention intentionally to our breath, to your breath. Focusing on the physical sensation of your inhalation and your exhalation. Noticing how each of your breaths affects your body. your mind, 
and your nervous system. How each part of your breath affects your body, your mind, and your nervous system. And being that today's episode is on heartfulness, let's tie into what it is we are feeling in our heart. What it is you are feeling in your heart. And being open to whatever that may be. Not feeling a sense of grasping or reaching or repulsion, just sitting with whatever that may be. And if you find that your mind wandered off to some other place, some other space, some other time, just gently bring yourself back. Notice the feeling or feelings in your heart. And we'll conclude together with two deep cleansing breaths. Begin by breathing out as much air as you can, bringing your navel to your spine. Deep breath in, filling your lungs all the way, holding full, noticing that fullness and releasing, 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 holding empty at the bottom, noticing that emptiness, being okay with it. Deep breath in, filling those lungs all the way, holding at the top, noticing the tension and release, release, release. And as you release, start to bring some movement back into your body, maybe moving your head around, loosening your shoulders. And then if your eyes were closed, go ahead and blink them open. And here we are, ready to go. All right, Will, back over to you, brother. Awesome. Hey, well, Dan, I really enjoyed reading your book, and I love how easily you explain like some very big concepts about the mind, the soul, the connection, the mind, the the, uh, the whole that you uh, you also talk about, and that unity and unity consciousness and separating consciousness. And yeah, so thank you for this contribution to 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 the work that we've been talking about for a very very long time, and uh, here we are having a, a conversation about like. <laughs> You know, like literally, Dan and I've been talking about this for so long, and I remember. <laughs> so let's. Uh, well, how about you tell us a little bit more about your journey from like Wharton School of Business to waiting tables to traveling yeah. through India to finding Hyperlight and you know and being a dad and and being a husband. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, I I feel like I grew up, you know, 
as a happy kid. Uh, I had a great childhood, loving parents, um, you know, good student, good athlete, but uh, uh, had zero consciousness, you know, maybe lucky to feel blissful or maybe it was uh, blissful ignorance. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so, you know, I think just uh, like to please people, you know, doing what was expected of me. So, you know, went to a good, good business school. The natural trajectory was just to go to New York City. Uh, and, you know, I think most of my classmates, at least who studied finance, were, you know, in, into corporate finance and uh, investment bankers and venture capitalists, et cetera. Um, but, um, you know, after several years that I was finding that that wasn't what I wanted to really do or where my heart was, you know, mm -hmm. I saw some, I, I think, negative things in the corporate world, um, uh, possibly, <laughs> I think I could describe it as immoral moves, uh, for, for, for profit or for, um, hitting wall street expectations, et cetera. And I, I, I just didn't feel like it was what I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life. And, you know, at, I think my my foray into heartfulness was was not noticeable to me right away. It was just kind of sort of happening. And when I say heartfulness, I'm talking about listening to your heart and following your your intuition. Mm. Uh, so, in when I was about 27, uh, I had a younger brother that came to live with me, and uh, he introduced me to marijuana. <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, like I said, I think coming to it really late in life, but uh, it started to change the way I was thinking. Um, and when I described earlier that I think I lacked any awareness or consciousness, it was starting to open up my mind. Mm -hmm. and, and I felt like I was able to take a risk. And I, and I left the corporate world for the first time. And my brother and I went out to Boulder, Colorado, and we, we tried to start a band. We thought, you know, we thought we were following a dream, uh, and we we had a good time, but you know, it wasn't the dream. But really importantly, I learned that you know you you can follow a dream, and if if you don't succeed, it's not the end of the world. And maybe if it's not even the right dream, it's not the end of the mm -hmm. world. You have tried, you have taken a risk, and and then of course with the background, you know, family is like get back to work. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> right? Go get a job. Uh, so I, I got back into business and, and worked for a high tech startup in Boston for a while. And, and I found myself in, in the same trap. Um, what was the trap? If you can, uh, you know, maybe describe a little bit more, cause there might be some people out there that kind of feel they are trapped. So what was that, you know, what was that tension you might've been experiencing? I think it's, uh, you know, earning a good living, doing what you're supposed to do, doing what, uh, you know, the constructed society media family church whatever it may be uh, expects of you um so you know I, I think i found myself not being me uh which was really important and around that time or when i was in boston i happened to pick up a book called the, the razor's edge by somerset mom and mm. have, are you guys familiar with that book no, I'm not. not. No, no, 
the oh, razor's great... edge yeah mm-hmm. there's been some movies actually i think three movies that have been made of it and one was uh with bill murray uh, oh wow bill murray in, in more of a serious role but uh Great book uh, about a guy. I, I mean, I really related to the, to the main character. Uh, the main character, this all occurs around the Roaring Twenties, and um, some the guy with the blessed life, and, and he ends up going uh, into World War One, and and comes out, you know, depressed and and not understanding what's going on in the world, and instead of uh, Instead of you know, earning millions in Chicago as a trader, and then in, in, in the, during the Roaring Twenties, he decides to you know head to Europe and, and, and becoming he becomes a seeker. And he starts exploring, and he ends up in India. And this planted a seed in me, I think, and and it's something that was, I think, in my heart for a couple of years. Um, you know, as I said, I I started waiting tables, yeah. uh, and wanted to to take afford myself the time in, in in winters to to start studying and seeking and reading I, I my first time in my life i was reading for pleasure and reading literature and reading anything i could get my hands on mm. but after a couple of years i i you know i had the courage to buy a ticket to india and uh and took my first trip to india and um you know talk about a land of the heart uh you know the western world is the land of the mind and 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 i can't think i haven't been all over the world i've been to a lot of places i can't think of a of a place in the world that's as different than the united states uh as india and um you're forced pretty quick to start uh listening to your heart living from intention i'm I'm sorry intuition and um and it was a great experience and anyway i kept on this path for for really 10 years uh you know confused uh seeking i think the path is is filled with uh there's a lot of work involved in it and it comes with a lot of confusion uh until you can start to put the pieces together of of spirituality Um, but uh anyway i'm wanted to have a family my brother had an idea for a business uh, he didn't have any any experience in in, in business uh, and we hooked up together uh this was a good opportunity for me to to do something that was a, a little more me uh not, not so corporate but entrepreneurial and essentially has you know afforded me to uh to start a family and um that's that's where i am now all along the way you know continuing to to further my spiritual practice and gain an understanding and expanding consciousness. Beautiful. How is uh you brought up uh oh John, you got a question? Go ahead. Oh uh, no, I was just I was well yeah, I, I do. I was just saying it's beautiful that you've been able to do that. And mm-hmm. especially, you know, when you mentioned kind of your your childhood and going in into college and going to the business school and then going through what society had expected of you. I, I've been there and done that myself. Like right? I went to sure. high school. I was a good athlete. Um, I enlisted in the Navy, went to, going to college after that. And then the next block was, well, you, you're supposed to get married and then you're supposed to have children. And, uh, you know, I, I my, my first marriage, in, in all honesty, was, was probably not, uh, I wasn't mature enough in heart and mind to be married. I wasn't in the place to be married, but that's what society expected of me. And I know that a lot of our mm. listeners 
we, we, a lot of our the proponents of our those who actually watch the show are on LinkedIn, and that is a place where there's a lot of expectations to do something professionally, right? Well, mm -hmm. hey, that profession right. might be going into venture capital. That profession might be going into commercial real estate. The profession might be whatever it may be. But there's there's societal expectations, and it's great to see and hear that you are able to break away from that using your heart and using your curiosity, if you will, to be a seeker. And I, I want to kind of peel back the onion on that term. You, you've used it. Will's used it. For those who are listening, that, that, that might be kind of a woo-woo term. What exactly, <laughs> is a, what exactly is a seeker? And, uh, and it, well, yeah, I guess that's my question. What ex exactly is a seeker? And can you expound on that? Yeah, I think, a, I mean, a seeker is, it's it's a term that's, you know, it's not, it's a term that's used quite often, I think, in, in, in the seeker space. Know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, in spirituality and in, and in, and in consciousness and in mindfulness. And, and I view the term seeker as being somebody who's looking for, uh, looking for the truth, looking for answers, looking for understanding beyond what we are are taught and and uh fed again through the constructs of our societies and our cultures and you know because i don't think the path to expanded consciousness is is taught by you know certainly not taught in school it's not you know, mm -hmm. I, you know my experiences of religion or growing up in you know a Catholic, uh, you know, Christian, uh, uh, well, being introduced to that, you're not taught that, and so you you have to go out and find it on your on your own, I think, or at least get turned on to it on your own. Some curiosity to to learn more or to understand the truth, and and that sets you on this path. Yeah, yeah. and it's a nonstop journey process like you know you find one truth and then it leads you to another and then to another and and it's like uh I don't know, it's been i gotta say it's been a recur incredibly rewarding experience like very rewarding Absolutely. like you know like you Absolutely. you're because you're when you really begin to access and you know the technology of of the heart you know and then it's just everything a lot of things just start to open up within you and then outside of you and things you never thought were possible, you know, conspiring to kind of help you to understand more of the whole, if you will, like how we're all so intimately connected, you know, how, um, how to like achieve that connection, um, you know, experiences of that connection. And, uh, it's like, it's almost like a drug in it's in its own way, you know, and, and well, it's and, better than any drug. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the benefits are rewarding. Mm. You, know, uh, you know, I mean, you just mentioned something uh, that made me think of. You know, I talk a lot about it in this in this manuscript in this book that I'm I've written and, work, and working on getting published is our levels of being, and I think it's extremely important to understand. So, I think we all understand we exist on a on a physical level. Um, you know, we have our physical perceptual tools and touch, sight, sound, hearing, smell. But we also exist on an energetic level. And I think that there are, uh, you know, two 
of the most fundamental fundamental characterizations or cate categories of excuse me categories of energy, which is separating energy and uniting energy. Um, and then we exist on a non-physical level. And I know not everybody believes that, or or generally it is something to be believed and disbelieved, and and not everybody understands it's something that can be experienced. But the body is the physical where we have action with a potential for action. The mind is the perceptional tool. It's an energetic level and the perceptional tool of the physical realm. Uh, it is, I think, dominated by separation. Uh, we have a dualistic mind. Uh, we, we need to differentiate really anything and everything in order to understand. Uh, and then we have the other part of our energetic uh, level being is the heart and the heart is feeling um, it is the language of the non-physical or the soul if you will uh, and it's I think dominant feeling is union and then we have this non-physical um, non-physical level of our being which is just being or isness and it is the indescribable permanent um, level of our being but you just mentioned something about the heart which reminded me but i think a big benefit of understanding um these levels of being and how they operate but particularly um the heart which especially for men is is a place we don't always go or it takes time in life to get there but the heart knows all the what's and i should say knows with with the quotations because you you don't know it in your heart it's a feeling but the heart knows all the what's it's the mind that figures out the hows so when we do listen to our hearts we and intuition and feeling um you know what's right for you and you know what you need to be doing and I think you just mentioned something about, you know, alignment and, and which I'm sorry, brought me to this uh, tangent. <laughs> no, not, not a tangent at all. It's uh, <laughs> that's exactly what we're here to talk about. Oh, okay. I'm checking my mic. Um, well, what, like, uh, um, well, tell us some more about that, you know, separating, uniting and injury energies. Like you talk about a bunch in the book and, and how that relates to our, you know, to the mind and to the heart. And um, so I think that'd be important because like, you know, I think that duality of things and, and the opposition in which the physical world manifests itself, it could be, you know, if you haven't been a seeker, you haven't been asking these questions, haven't been, you know, doing this work, um, you help us understand that a little bit. Sure. There's, I think there's a few ways to come at it. Um, I'm going to start with an arcing trajectory. So there's a couple of ways to look at this too. I mean, if we look at the physical world, you know, we see circles or arcs everywhere, the, the, the way the sun rises, uh, you know, how we experience the seasons, um, the, the, the way celestial bodies move through the sky, uh, the way a, a plant rises up and, and falls at the end of the season. So we can also think about our lives or really the life of any being is, you know, nothing exists forever. There's a beginning and a middle and an end. And it is always this rising motion to you're rising up through the spring and summer of your life. You get to this apex and 
there's nothing we can do about it, but we must now descend. And that rising is the separating energy to the apex. And once you hit that apex, you're, you're descending, you're falling down. It's a, it's a returning or uh, uniting or reuniting energy. Hmm. And we can look at, you can look at this in scientific from scientific perspectives as well, um, where gravity or uh, if we look at the Big Bang, the Big Bang is what we most know about the start of our universe started with a huge separating event. So in this physical level, on this physical journey, uh, there has to be a separation at the beginning and we rise up and we fall. I don't know if that makes sense, but the what are we separating from? Maybe is is kind of a good thing, you know, oh, maybe to talk about here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Sure. What are we? What are you? What are we? You know, reuniting with or uniting to? Well, we're you're always separating from a source of being. Um, so, if you think about a plant uh, rising up in the spring, it is separating from a seed, and it is separating mm -hmm. from the ground, and it ultimately returns back to the ground. Um, what we are separating from, and this is again, for many people, something to believe or disbelieve until you've had a direct experience uh, with being or the source of being, um, that is what we were separating from. We were separating from the non-physical uh, into the physical. And, and that, we were uh, turning that, uh, yeah. on the other side of that, right? And that's so yes. that that's the that's the arc, if you will, kind of the circle and the arc, the the old uh, the Lion King. It's the circle of life, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And this non-physical, I mean, this is traditionally called God, right? Um, it's the soul. It's the spirit. It's it's what is you know referred to in in i'd say non-religious uh practices as as pure being and the pure consciousness of being hmm. it's the, yeah the non-physical which it's like that's the duality it's like i think that's you know i i know as uh as as a man uh growing up as like uh you know in a pretty not traditional family like yourself dan you know it was you know we were asked you know went to church and you know, I never was able to really experience God, if you will. Um, I just didn't have a great priest or something like that. But, you know, we were always heavily, you know, about the physical, about how how I can do things physically, about, you know, what kind of income we're bringing into the house, what kind of things that we've had. And, you know, what can we what are we doing with these things? Where are we going on trips? And it's just like this constant nonstop, like physical, physical, physical experience. And, you know, and I was just brought up that way. And. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people have that experience. Um, and then for me, we're kind of the, you know, shifting into like the heart of things, right? Which is that unity and that uh, uniting energy, right? Which, which, you, which you kind of referred to earlier. For me, uh, you know, I had my heart broken. And, you know, first time I really experienced the heart, really experienced like, you know, the energy of love and, and, and the unity with somebody else. And like, and that just brought kind of a greater unity of, uh, who I am and how I am fit into this world. And then all that went away, all that uniting energy, and then I'm separated again. Uh, and, 
And it's just like my heart opened wide, wide, wide open. And that's like, I was just looking for answers. Cause I think like I found in that heart space, in that uniting energy, uh, from that really being opened in a very, very heartful way. And it, I found truth. Like you talked about earlier, there's like, we're, we're hardwired from my experience, like with truth within us, that's like comes from the source, comes from the soul. Um, you know, it's in our DNA. Uh, and, and, and I just kept trying to seek more of that truth because there's something about when my heart did break, um, I just, I, I, everything else that I thought was supposed to be part of my physical existence no longer made any sense to me. Nothing, right. absolutely nothing made sense. And, uh, and I, I call it like literally like a shattering, like I just, my whole model of physical existence, I guess you'd say um, shattered. And I, and then I start everything up, up until right this podcast right now has been trying to move through the heart and live with the heart and answer the questions from the heart. Um, and then find continually deeper ways to unify with myself, unify with everybody else, unify with John, unify with our audience, like everywhere I go, it's like, how can I connect? You know? So, sure. you know, so what is like the uh in comment on that but also like to get into like what is the essence of this of this heartfulness you know like what is you know um why and how can it kind of help us to to just be better people in this world and, and have a more thriving and happier existence yeah yeah no definitely good question i mean i think it's important to to say that and I, I, all of these, what, what some of these topics I've talked about already are, are demonstrated and, and described in this in this manuscript that I'm that I'm working on because I, I really don't want anything to need to. I don't want it to, to, to be a starting point of something that needs to believe to move through consciousness or understand any expanded consciousness. So it's demonstrated. Unfortunately, we don't have time to do all of it. go through those demonstrations and better or more clearly. Uh, describe this process but you know ultimately this this being this business this non-physical that is the source of all being regardless of what you call it uh informs and directs the heart uh through feeling uh and the heart level and the heart level informs and directs the mind and thought and then it is the mind and thought that informs and directs the physical or our action uh, so this is not news. This is nothing new. Um, I think we all, well, maybe not all, but a lot of us understand that, you know, everything starts from feeling, uh, all of our actions come from feeling first and then a thought. So why is this important? Um, if we want to be happy and we want to be doing what's right for us and we want to ha have joyous moments and we want to be kind and, and have a better world. It kind of all starts from what I call the two, really the two most fundamental heart level feelings. And that is either connection to, or I should say a feeling of connection to, or a disconnection from this source of being. Hmm. Uh, connection or unity is is love, um, and disconnection or separation. Well, that manifests itself as fear, and 
when we understand that we are connected to and really are one with the source of being, there's nothing to ever fear in life. Uh, there is only love that shows up and you're willing to follow your heart to do what's right because there's no fear of, of there's no fear of taking that risk there's no fear of going against the, you know what we've already talked about uh what is maybe expected of you um and then you have united thoughts and you have empathy and you have kindness and, and gratitude mm -hmm. and then of course your actions all show up in the same way yeah I, my experience in um in the sense of like well why would anyone want to hurt me? Like why, you know, I, I, I feel so supported when I kind of, you know, I mean, I do, I do try hard to kind of live as heartfully as I can typically. And, uh, and that, you know, that comes through kindness, you know, I'm really always trying to be kind to people and take care of people if they need to, if they need it. And, you know, and, and also it's like, why would anyone want to, you know, hurt me? Why does anyone want to like tear me down? And, and just kind of maybe it's like a little bit ignorant in some ways. I mean, I definitely am vigilant of like those kind of things and, and that energy of people like coming that are like kind of grifters and trying to like manipulate you in some way. Um, but like even in those situations, like I, I still can see, um, you know, the heart in other people. I think that, that's, that's been a big kind of win for me is knowing that at our, at our essence, at our core, you know, we're all good people. We're all kind. You know, we all are seeking the same things. I love connection and belonging. And and if I can give a little moment of that love and connection belonging to whether it's a perfect stranger or a guy at the bodega or, you know, someone that I'm teaching or a class of students or something like that, it's like, you know, and it's amazing how that there's like, it just connects on such a deep level in the other per people or the entire class that, you know, you could really create an huge environment and a huge uh, uh, a place of, of that connection, that love and that belonging. And just because, you know, our hearts, like they've been studying it with heart math, how our hearts connect to one another, even though we're not conscious of it. And, and um, you know, it, it's, it's like it's, it's challenging in some ways to talk about because it's, it's difficult to measure at this point. And like you said earlier, you know, the India is, and the East is so much about the heart and we're like the land of the mind. And, um, you know, without physical evidence and data and this kind of stuff and, you know, multiple blind studies or whatever, then we just don't believe it. Um, you know, until you have a circumstance like, you know, all of us did where, you know, life was just upside down and nothing was making sense from this physical and mental and, you know, ment and mind realm. And then we went deeper. We that's we started meditating. That's when we started breathing. That's when we started you know, going on these like vision quests, if you will, to kind of seek more of the whole, seek more of the truth. That's, that's, that's right there. He's got to kind of peel away the veneer of the mind and, and boom, there's, there's truth just behind it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, the, the mind is so complex. Um, the heart level is really not that complex um why is that like what's the yeah talk about that a little bit well if we look at the physical world i mean there really is at least compared to the capacity of our 
of our minds and ability to understand there's an infinite amount of things out there in this physical world. And it's as you explore the physical world with our perceptional tools of mind, it's like going up a funnel and it's really never ending. The heart being the language of, 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 of the soul or, you know, what I call this non-physical uh, is like going down a funnel. Um, and there's only really one destination. So I think maybe I'll just say something a little different. I talked about, you know, this physical and non-physical level and our perceptual tools of the mind and the heart. So we can look at like characteristics of the physical world. So one is that it is physical. Uh, it is impermanent and constantly moving. So everything is in a constant state of motion. Nothing is ever in the same place twice. And even something that seems still is made up of, uh, you know, molecules and atoms, which are, are constantly moving. So everything is constantly moving. I mean, even us sitting on the earth right now, we're, we're traveling around the sun at 70,000 miles per hour. And the sun is traveling around the, the Milky Way at 500,000 miles an hour. Um, and with all of these seemingly, you know, infinite amount of things in the physical world, we can say that the char a characteristic of the physical world is that it is, it is separated, right? Hmm. Now, we look at the mind as really dominated in duality or separation. And I touched upon this briefly, but in order to understand anything in the world or anything in this physical world, we, we have to differentiate it um just to gain understanding so there's you know big and small and black and white to here and there and this really is the basis for all of language is trying to is trying to make mm. sense and understand this physical world and with that duality and with that differentiation um there's become a perception of opposites and we can use that functionality of the mind, which is which is real and a truth. And then we can say, well, if we understand that the physical world is separated, physical and impermanent or constantly moving, then then what is its opposite? And its opposite then would be the non-physical, permanent, unchanging, mm. and fully united. And That is why the heart is the language of the soul and, and, and higher in the hierarchy of our levels of being than thought um, is, is really quite simple. You either feel connected to this uh, united, fully united, permanent, unchanging, non-physical level of being or you don't and you can believe in it in through religion or god but you know belief belief always leads to the potential of doubt and belief does not get you to the direct experience of it you can't think your way to experience 
of the of this source of being, this non-physical pure being, or what we just historically referred to as God. And I mean, it is God, but I, I, I sometimes hesitate to use that word because of the traditional and historical right. um, understanding or connotations. That, um, but uh, you cannot think your way to it. You can only feel it. And this is why, like you mentioned before, you know, it, it can't be proven. You know, we, we can't, science can't prove it. It's, it's a personal journey. It's a personal experience. And once you experience it, as I've said before, you, your heart is activated. You can only operate from union and you think more united with kindness, your empathy for other people, you understand that anything with being has the same being. And this is what will lead to this increased consciousness and understanding is what will lead to greater happiness, a better world. And yeah. more how, do we how do we practice this? Like, how do, how do we kind of get down into this stillness, into this source, into in everything that you're talking about it's like you know it's um yeah what are the pathways in to kind of like if somebody out there i guess this is a good way to put it if somebody's out there that hasn't really been scared of their feelings or, or, or haven't really had a good connection to their heart you know in this sense of um feeling a deeper connection and deeper meaning to life than just you know the physical and you know the the manipulation that continually seems to take place throughout our world through the marketing and the media and you know and everyone around you trying to buy their shit um you know how do we um how do we go into that place like what are, what are is a practice is it do you have to go to india you know do you you know do you have to wait tables like you did dan years ago you know, in order to oh yes you have shit. to wait tables oh, okay yeah I, I did too i did too so. <laughs> no uh you well first of all you guys uh you guys know this this is what your show is about and it's what you're yeah. talking about all the time and it's the journey you're on and you know th there are there are various methods and when i think about the, the the methods or the practices, you know, I, I immediately go back to our levels of being. So on the physical level, we can practice acts of kindness. Um, we, you know, if you practice yoga, there are, there are asanas to open your heart. Uh, on the mind level, we, um, you know, we try to have empathy um and be grateful uh or study spirituality uh there's so much information out there and there has been for thousands of years mm. on the heart level again i think it's feeling gratitude uh mm. feeling feeling empathy um being nice trying to be happy which is kindness yeah sorry kindness, kindness love care mm -hmm. uh you know tolerance um but this all comes so naturally when you go one step further and i know you guys have done this and, and it's meditation yeah so in meditation you you 
still the mind. That is the requirement of meditation because we have this dualistic mind. And what we're trying to get to in meditation is the singularity of mm. this permanent, unchanging, fully united being. Uh, so I, I, I guess I'd like to talk maybe just briefly about Vipassana meditation. Uh, there are so many meditations out there. Uh, I, I have tried quite a few of them. There's some that I haven't that I maybe would have liked to have tried, especially in India. But Vipassana, which I'm bringing up because I know you've done it well, and I think you guys did a, did a show on it. Mm. Uh, Vipassana is both guided and immersive, which means you don't have to sit for hours or days or months or years like focusing on the tip of your nose without anybody guiding you or you know helping you to to even know what you're doing uh, vipassana is again guided and immersive so it's a 10-day uh course 100 hour meditation silent for 10 days and um well first of all it's extremely powerful but Ultimately, meditation is about getting out of the mind and getting out of the duality. So you must focus on one thing until the, the subject, you, becomes one with the object. Mm. I think that object can be anything. It can be the tip of your nose. It can be your breath. It can be apples. <laughs> uh, it, it, it does not matter. It's about focusing so intently on one thing that your mind and the duality of the mind quiets and stills and you start experiencing oneness. Hmm. Um, in Vipassana, um, it feels a little more active as well, which I think is so helpful. And you're, the one thing you are focusing on is is the is your energy and the energy within your body um, and you can get to that feeling of oneness and you can get to the feeling of understanding that we are not just physical beings we are energetic beings and as you continue you can understand that we are all one and we are all the non-physical source of being that is pure being yeah it's I wanna, uh if i want to touch on that yeah, go ahead, John. a little bit will um so no you know we, we've talked about oneness we've talked about duality we talked about connection disconnection and for our listeners i, I want to just go one step further about why this is so important um i've got right here on the on the bottom of the screen uh, a quote that you said earlier dan in that connection is love disconnection is fear and i want to even expand on that fear portion you said if you're if you're connected there's nothing to fear but a lot of what it is we're experiencing that is considered um negative emotions negative feelings um sadness anxiety stress um you know fear of loss is driven by fear um and 
this oneness, this connection for you as our audience, whether you're watching this or listening to it, this is why it's so important is that some of those feelings that are, are really painful, it can keep you from experiencing those um, in a, in a negative way. Uh, I think it's still, it's important to still experience those still experience yes. a loss, still experience fear, still experience sadness because there's the yin and yang in life, but it doesn't cause you fear of those experiences. And uh, that's, I just wanted more, more of a statement than a question there, but for our audience, I just wanted to kind of highlight why this oneness and the lack of duality is, is so important uh, for, for you and for us. I, I want to also add to that. Uh, I think one of the reasons that we do live with this scarcity mindset and in fear and, um, you know, all those negative things that kind of take us away from our, our oneness, our wholeness, our, our, from our heart is that, you know, we're not doing things that we really enjoy doing. You know, when you start really enjoying life, whether it's, you know, if, if you're someone that has always wanted to take on some sort of art, like whether you want to dance or whether you want to start playing guitar or whether you want to start painting, you know, you, that's one, another great way to start accessing and experiencing more of that heartfulness and kind of living with that oneness that is within the heart by connecting to something that that's part of that truth that we've been talking about. It's like if you're and that's where it can start. It's just like you maybe you're, you know, you just go out and start hiking on a regular basis and be in nature. Nature is full of that oneness. Nature is full of that that heart yeah. energy, if you will. You know, and it's it's always there. It's, all of this is always there right in front of us. If we just kind of let go of the the program, you know, even if it's just for a half a day or a weekend, you know, let go of the programming of like, oh, I need to be doing this and need to be doing that and the expectations around this. And that's all just driven by, you know, and creating and driven by more anxiety and more stress. And, you know, and then it's FOMO and fear missing out and all these things I just talked about is, is us divided from that source, from that heart, from that love, from the God that's within every single one of us and the God that's out there just waiting to be just explored and discovered and, and kind of played with in some ways. And, uh, uh, it, and so there's many different ways. I mean, meditation of Vipassana is a great way um, to, to get in and get to know your energetic self, get to know yourself on this deeper kinder, you know, loving, energetic level. But at the same time, meditation, you're going to see what's getting in the way of that singularity and that and that loving kindness and that source of peace that's within all of us. Um, but meditation and Vipassana, that could just be something that maybe you need to go in another direction and taking that dance class or going hiking or, or all those other things that, that we've been mentioning here that can help open up that heart space. And then maybe meditation will come a little bit later. You know, it's a uh, it's, it's a process, and I, but I think it's like, but you have to, what's the first, yeah, maybe what's the first foot on the path, right? That, that, that's a very common statement in the seeker kind of world that, you know, that we're all loving right now. And Dan and I have been talking about for fucking ever, uh, you know, what's the, what's the first, you know, foot on the path? What, what's going to, what's the first thing that gets you on the path? Me was having my heart broken. Like, I just had no idea, like, th that this kind of energy can exist in, within me, with somebody else, and within the planet. And then it wasn't there anymore. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, who am I? Like, everything. I questioned everything. Um, and, and, but that was my first foot. In, and then, like, but I needed, to, I needed guidance. 
So I picked up a book card, Artist Way, which helped me to realize a lot of this programming that you kind of were relating to, John, and the stress and anxiety of that programming and living someone else's life instead of living my own. And then I started to realize, like, what's possible, you know, through. And I think also another thing is like, you know, creativity is kind of synonymous with that love, with that connection, with that uniting energy, because we're all like creative beings at our core as well. And, and you can either pick up the brush and start painting the life that you want, or you can just always wonder what it'd be like to, 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 to be a painter of your own life, if you will. So yeah, it's a lot yeah, of, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, you make some, you make some great points. I mean, it, it is a journey. Life is a journey. This experience is a journey. Change is very seldom a light switch. It's more of a dimmer. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, in, in this manuscript, I spent quite a bit of time to, at the end of the, at the end, talking about all of, all of these methods, some of which you've just mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, you know, passion and devoted, uh, action, like dancing or art, uh, being in nature. Um, but and maybe it takes time to get to get to get to meditation. Uh, however, in my experience, meditation is the fastest way. Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, Psychedelics uh, too, in some ways. I guess <laughs> that was so last week on psychedelics. Yeah. We talked about marijuana. It's not a psychedelic c categorically, yeah. but it could. It just starts to open you up. So maybe cannabis is somebody's on ramp out there <laughs> you know, to kind yeah. of open up a little bit. More, well, John. <laughs> you know, I, I I think the first step on the path is discontent. You know, if we're happy and living a blissful life, then you don't want, you don't want anything to change. Right. So, so there's no, there's no motivation. <laughs> uh, so discontent, which is something we all experience and it depends on what you want to do with that discontent. If you want to try to fix it for permanently or <laughs> for the long term that that tends to be the first the first step on the path and then there are many ways to get there it is a long journey uh often it takes a ton of reading a ton of practice some accidents and luck um but i don't think it needs to take 20 years especially this day and age when information is so readily available um there's so many people doing great work and I think it probably accelerated if you have the curiosity and, and motivation to pursue unshakable bliss. Yeah. And that discontent, uh, you know, it's also how we, how we view discontent people that term in and of itself sounds negative and people are uncomfortable with that term and even more so with actually being in a state of discontent um, right. when, as you've mentioned, as Will has mentioned, as I've mentioned in the past on past episodes, uh, our discontent led us to where we are today and where we're going to continue to seek um, the, you know, more of, of that uh, contentment through uh, other Absolutely. ways, right? A lot of the, a lot of the time in today's day and age, if somebody feels that they are in a state of discontent, they're like, well, what do I need to fix that? Oh, well, I, I need a bigger house. I need more money. I need a better job. I need, I need to have kids. I need to not have kids in the house. I need to be in, in another state and any other state besides the one that I'm in. Right. And saying, okay, well, let, let's save this state of discontent and explore it and explore what 
else there is out there uh, to bring me to a state of contentment um, and not fix it with retail therapy or, or something else. Yeah, that's a great, uh, but that's yeah, a great yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, anyhow, that's uh, again, just more of a statement than a, than a question there. Yeah. You know, um, in this light, I, I, I'd like to say that, I, you know, this is all coming for us as a species. Um, when we think about the beginning, the middle, and the end, and this arcing journey that we are all on and that we're on as a species, um, if you if you look at how Homo sapiens lived prior to the discovery of agriculture and a sedentary lifestyle, that is when we were living like any other being on this planet. It was really purely a physical state of consciousness, roaming to find food and find shelter, and and that was it. And no possessions, only what you could carry on your back. And you know, human nature and, and life changed incredibly um, when we started to become sedentary beings. And you can go through that whole evolutionary process and. and, and starts to become quite obvious that we've changed but that was the point where i think where we entered the, the mind level and what i call like the summer of our of our existence mm -hmm. and we're getting pretty close in my opinion to the apex of our species and you know if we're lucky enough to to actually surpass that apex um but well, you mentioned earlier, Dan. Sorry, so much the, greater, the, sorry. the apex yeah. is where is is the is the end of kind of the separating energy, right? That's and right, then we're yeah. going to slowly go into the fall and into the winter, which is the uniting energy. So it's coming, you know, we're kind of differentiating, you know, uh, dissecting, dissolving, you know, changing, dividing, you know, hitting the very peak of the summer, the very top of the arc, and then we start to fall, you know, just like the leaves fall off the tree, back into the earth, absorbed into the earth, like you know you know, growing into something else and changing and always changing. So I just wanted to make that clear for the audience, but continue, please. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, we're still separating as a species. So, you know, we can look at, you know, we can look at our world and life and politics and business and, and the world seems so divided, uh, you know, climate change and pollution. And um, there's a lot to be anxious or stressed about if you're, not a really you know if you're not at peace or not connected to uh, in a fearless state to the source of our being but mm -hmm. you know the consciousness is is increasing i mean look at your show and, and look at the explosion of you know yoga and you could consciousness of you know equality women's equality and in business or th there's so much evidence out there even you know Subaru calling one of their vehicles uh, love or whatever, you know, they really, <laughs> I didn't know that. I, didn't I mean, know that. this consciousness, this consciousness is increasing. And I think we're very, I have some examples in the book that, that demonstrate where we might be on this journey because nobody knows for sure. We're still in the summer of our existence. We are dominated by the mind and therefore we are further separating, but we're getting really close to this apex. 
And that means for a species, naturally, we move into this uniting phase and we move as a species into heart dominance. So okay. that's extremely optimistic. Um, but you also don't have to wait. We don't, we don't need to wait for that. We don't need to wait for the autumn of our life when we naturally chill out and we finished, you know, our, our uh, the hard work of our summer season and, and waiting for a harvest. We don't have to wait for these times. We don't have to wait for our species to get to this uniting united dominant uniting phase of our, of our existence um we, we can do the work whether it's small practices or big practices and and, and and again from my personal experience and and really anybody else who has authentically traversed the path of expanded consciousness or, or, or spirituality um the benefits are immense creates great personal power and leaves us with love, kindness, and, and what I and peace and what I call unshakable bliss. Yeah, and you, and you can't get there without practicing. You can't get there without, from my experience, putting yourself in front of and with um, you know teachers that influence you, people that in, that like that like have positive influence on you, people that are more heartfelt. Putting yourself in situations that you know, you're able to feel more of that hard energy. Um, and we're in this, like, you know, I think that's one of the big, re what, you know, what John and I keep doing with this show and regardless what we're talking about leadership, psychedelics or, you know, um, you know, emotions or something like that. We're just trying to kind of pull away all this, this mental veneer of, of this separating energy and, and this mind dominated, you know, egoic driven way of that we're showing up and manifesting as people you know, a, a, as individuals, as well as a, as a collective community. And, um, you know, we're just trying to kind of push this conversation what we're ha like, that, that we're having here and helping people, you know, open their minds so they can kind of open their hearts and realize, like, that's why we're so, I'm so excited that we've had this conversation today, Dan, you know, because it's really, it comes from that heart space. And, and it's actually, I don't know why, or maybe people, they don't, uh, I, I have a sense that a lot of people kind of fear going into that space because mm -hmm. it's not linear is not analytical it's very right. creative it's very intuitive it's 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 very weird you know like once you kind of get into that space like shit starts to show up you're like whoa 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 yeah. why did that why what's going on here because i just had that thought yesterday about that now it's showing up in my life someone actually put here in the comments if you will um very early on I just this is exactly what I just mentioned. She goes, oh, shit. Speaking my experience right now on purpose in the job role with the demands of traditional constructs of life, my hearing this is just another proof that God or the universe brings our needs. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, and, there, and there it is. And uh, I think we can kind of end here. If or Dan, if there's anything else that you'd like to kind of jump into, you know, uh, that'll help to kind of put a little bow on the beautiful package that we've kind of I feel we're putting out to the world right now uh please or um we can have our closing practice or closing comments or please tell us how to find us as well so and start hit any one of those would be awesome uh, I guess maybe I'd just like to end by saying you know you you can't get a watermelon in April uh you know yeah. pa patience patience is, yeah. is really important but like anything in life you know don't don't give up yeah, it's true. It's true. Awesome. And, uh, and, you know, if you feel like giving up, 
you know, hey, reach out to us, <laughs> reach out to Dan or listen. Dan has a great YouTube. Um, he has a great YouTube channel called All One Aware. If you want to kind of check out and dive, you know, deeper into his work, because um, he kind of you break down every chapter. Um, is that correct, Dan? Or, or different yeah, aspects do. of the yeah. book? Yeah. Yeah, I'm putting each I present each chapter uh, as an episode on YouTube. I think I've got about half of the book out there. And nice. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, we'll make sure that link is in the in the show notes for our listeners to. Uh, check it out later or those who are watching on YouTube later. Uh, we'll make sure that link's in there. Uh, but Dan, uh, as we start to wrap up and we get to the closing practice, if you will, we'd love to kick it over to you to to lead us through that practice if you'd feel comfortable doing so. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, this might be a little different, but I, this is, uh, I'd like to recite a poem that... Uh, is extremely simple and is a, a demonstration of i think what expanding consciousness is all about which is moving beyond the duality towards awareness of the singularity so if we could just close our eyes take a deep breath in through your nose out through your mouth and keep doing that. Sun, no sun. Sun, no sun. Sun, no sun. Sun, sun. Sun, no sun. Sun, no sun. Sun, no sun. Sun, sun, sun. Sun, no sun. Sun, no sun. Sun, no sun. Sun, 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 sun. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I love that. That's, uh, <laughs> it reminds me of uh, what you used to say a long time ago to me. Remember to remember to remember. Uh, I think it was remember not to forget to remember. <laughs> All of this is within us already. And it's it just reacquainting our, ourselves with who we really are. Yeah. Yeah. And um, anyone, anywhere out there listening, uh, you know, hey, thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing this. Um, but you, we all have this ability. Everybody has a heartfulness ability. And, uh, and when you start connecting to that, um, you could really start to change your own life and literally change the world around you just by being appreciative, wow. saying thank you, connecting, being kind to your neighbor, being kind to yourself is really where a lot of this starts and, and really kind of listening to so things that might sound a little weird in the beginning, but, um, you know, that's, that's probably your first uh, foot on the path calling you to take some action. So, that's right. um, Dan, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing everything that you've shared. Definitely. I, I know our audience benefited from it. I personally benefited from it. And, uh, for our audience, want to thank you for tuning in live today or tuning in later on the recording via video or podcast. 
you know, please share this with whoever you think may need to hear it, may need to see it. That's friends, family, colleagues, whoever. And then next week, join us next week where we'll be interviewing fellow former Navy SEAL William Branham on getting <laughs> naked, getting naked <laughs> and naked is an acronym. So tune in next week to find out more about what that's all about. So thank you all. Thank you, Dan. Until next time, we will say peace. Jeez. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Joining us today, we hope you walk away with some new tools and insights to guide you on your life journey. New episodes are being published every week, so please join us again for some meaningful discussion. For more information, please check out mentalkingmindfulness.com.